Hello, you're listening to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast, with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which you can find at movetotrash.co.uk, and... Me, real war music enthusiast and contributor to Trash. And on the turntable this week, we've got Astronaut by Duran Duran. Uh, Dan, how do you feel that we're finally, after dropping them in every week for the last year, we're finally again coming back to a Duran Duran album? Well, obviously I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, we first covered them on our first ever, it was our second episode, but our double bill of, uh, of the first Track by Track episodes back in September last year. So yeah, it should be just over a year, but as you said, they've been referenced so many times, it does feel like Track by Track, the Duran Duran podcast. Uh, which is a nice change because we were originally the uh, Stuart Price podcast. Yes. And the Petra Boys podcast. I haven't spoken for either of those for a while. No. Well, too late now. Yes. Oh, you'll, ed- you'll edit that out. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, Any we- references to anyone else in this podcast won't be staying in. So we're going to be talking about Duran Duran uh, today. If you don't know about Duran Duran... They're the best band in the world. <laughs> and where have you been? So Duran Duran are English group... Uh, formed in 1978 in Bur- Birmingham. <laughs> That's quite offensive. Yeah, I probably will take that one out. <laughs> How would you, what would classify their sound, Dan? Well, I think the great thing about Duran Duran, and we're going to hear it a lot in this album, is that they sort of amalgamate a lot of different genres, and that's how they came to be. They wanted to find the some almost the common ground between the Sex Pistols and Chic, so kind of rock or punk and funk and dance uh, and I think they really have done that the, you know, the great thing about these is that they're a five piece band They've, you've got the you know all the elements there particularly a five piece band on this album with all five original members for the first time in many years so you've got the drums and the guitar there you've got an incredible bass but then you've got Nick Rhodes and the synthesizers which really adds the kind of the magic I'd say the glitter and it's you know, they, they write structurally fantastic songs, but he just adds this shine to them, which makes them magic. I've always wondered about Nick Rhodes. Is he any relation to the 90s TV chef Gary Rhodes? Um, with the massive spiky hair, remember? I forgot about him, I forgot he existed, and I think the answer is no. And uh, I'll tell you for why, because Nick Rhodes was actually born Nick Bates. So we are going to be talking about Astronaut today, the album, which is the 11th studio album uh, by Duran Duran, uh, and released in 2004. So this week marks 15 years since the release of this album. I'm sure you're surprised already that this album is that old. Well, oh, do you know what? That's a funny one. It does feel, this is the album that really, this was my first new album I, after being a Duran Duran fan, so it was very exciting. But I feel like in since then, I've seen them live so many times. I've <clears throat> I've met them, you know, and, I've, and they've released another three amazing albums since then. So actually, oh, fifteen years sounds about right. Maybe it could even be longer. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you're more of an aficionado than I am on Duran Duran. But you mentioned just now that this is the first thing the original or most well-known five members did together? Yeah, so the original five members uh, of Simon LeBon, Nick Rhodes, John Taylor, Andy Taylor and Roger Taylor. No relation. None of them. None of them related, no. <laughs> they, they're they the Fab Five that were, you know, around in the band. So there were some other, before they became famous, before they started releasing singles, there were some other lineups of the band. One including uh, Stephen Duffy uh, of Kiss Me fame. After... 1985, the, the the group sort of all a few of them went their separate ways, uh, but Duran Duran did continue, 
Um, but then they, yeah, the original lineup got back together. Uh, it was announced in 2001. They did a world tour, which was absolutely huge. And then this album came out in 2004. And 2004, 15 years ago now, uh, what was the next album after this one? So Red Carpet Massacre came next. That's when they worked with Timberlake and Justin Tim... No. And Justin Timberland. <laughs> Justin Timberland. <laughs> Very confusing. Uh, and then we had All You Need Is Now, which we referenced a few weeks ago on the Mark Ronson episode. Which is one of my favourites. It's amazing. I'm sure we will get to talk about that in, in depth at some point. And then we had Paper Gods, which we've already covered. Uh, and then we're up to, up to speed. Yeah. So that's, that's the end. For now. <laughs> for now. For now. There is a new album on the horizon, working again with Mark Ronson. Also with... Just announced at the time of recording with Giorgio Moroder. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Which is going to be just mind-blowing. Disco heaven. Yeah. Uh, and they've also got some appearances on there from Graham Coxon from Blur and Leaky Lee, who... Bloody, you mentioned Leaky Lee again. What? She's on the, she's on the album. <laughs> um, I, but I do, I do really like how much they love working with lots of different people. On the last album, we had them with uh, Lindsay Lohan, Mr. Hudson, uh, Kaiser, LaRue. Room? No, it was New Order. <laughs> but this album was all about the Fab Five. When you say Fab Five, I think about the Spice Girls. Oh, or five. Uh, they were never fab. No. Lots more to talk about, I know, and I'm sure we'll, we will. Uh, if we get stuck into side one, track one. Absolutely. Uh, so side one, track one. This is Reach Up For The Sunrise. So that was Reach Up for the Sunrise. It's anthemic. Yes. The chorus is incredible. And it's just, it's like your classic Duran Duran chorus, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's got that, um, as you say, it's anthemic. It's certainly a very uplifting number. And, you know, this was, this was the first single that the five had released together since the, the hat trick of The Reflex, The Wild Boys and A View to a Kill. So, you know, they'd, they'd left themselves a huge legacy. And, of course, there'd been some fantastic stuff in the meantime uh, when, the, when the five weren't together. But I think it definitely it uh, sets out their stall, you know, for their return. For the return you know, to glory. You know, Reflex and Wild Boys are great names for... Uh, Pet Shop Boys songs? Gay bars. Oh. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was... Uh, written by the band, of course, everything's written by the band. And this was produced by Don Gilmore, who worked on uh, a few songs from the album. He, at the time, was more known for working with bands like Linkin Park um, and kind of a bit heavy music. So I think you can tell with his... I think the guitars are turned up on this song. And that's Andy Taylor, of course, on the guitar. This was a big hit in the UK. It got to number five in the singles charts and was their first... Top 10 hits since Ordinary World. In 1993. So that was 11 elapsed years between those two. Yeah, and actually, you know, you said before, um, does it feel like, uh, does, does it not feel as long as when the album was released? I think it does feel like 15 years, but the fact that it was only that much time between Ordinary World and Sunrise, for me, that feels like that, could be, that should have been 20 years apart. It feels like completely different times. 
But Duran Duran are a great band with a great history and members coming and going and lots of different styles of music as well. So that's, oh, I think that's why I like them. They're a very interesting band to follow. And on that point, they had definitely had their fingers on the knob of dance music because the remixes for this uh, were from Jason Nevins and Ferry Corsten. Yes, amongst others. And the Jason Nevins remix actually was uh, showcased before this version and was used in Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Oh, that was the original version of it. Yes, which I haven't actually seen that or the new version of... Uh, and general consensus is the new version is much better and much more progressive than yeah. the original version. It's a lot more, uh, uh, more tacky, Yes, the original version, and uh, uh, quite offensive in some ways. Oh dear. So I'm, I'm sure the guys in Duran Duran wouldn't, wouldn't want to be affiliated with, with that. Oh no, they're very forward-thinking, I'm sure. They're very classy. So the Jason Nevins remix, interestingly, is the version that they play live as well, or the, on the vast majority of occasions. This song, as you would imagine, appears towards the end of the set, really lifts things up uh, before the show closes, and yeah, it's that version. But when they did their reunion tour, which was before the album came out, they, ha- they previewed some new songs. This was one of them, and this actually opened the whole show. Reach up for the sunrise, put your hands in to the big... I was just looking at production on this, and Niall Rogers gets a credit under vocal production. Yes, I, I like this because Niall Rogers worked with the band previously. He did the remix of The Reflex, which became the the best-known version. He worked with them on all of the Notorious album. Um, but around this time, Niall Rogers wasn't the name that he is today, was he? Obviously, he'd, he'd got a huge history of working with people uh, and, and his own music, but now he's got this legendary status, which uh, which yeah, wasn't quite, quite up there in 2004. Just before we move on, I, I just wanted to point out that you said it was very Duran Duran, which it is, but I also think it certainly marks a bit of a step into a more, you know, they were coming back after a while. I think this was probably marketed at a more Radio 2 audience. Very radio friendly. Yeah. You could hear this. I think at the time you could have heard it on Radio 1 or Radio 2. Hmm. But now probably more Radio 2. But interestingly, I think the things that have come later, are they're a little bit more forward thinking. I think this, the intention with this was to make great classic sounding pop music. Now they're kind of going back to being a bit more futuristic, let's say. Forward thinking. Yes. Progressive. Absolutely. Uh, Track two now, and this is Once You More. Once you more there, and you have to say it like that because it's got an exclamation mark on the end. Exclamation mark on the end! <laughs> what a fun song. What a fun song. It's the perfect second track on an album as well because it's a different sound to the lead single. Uh, catchy, 
um, and very melodic in a really different way. A lot more electronica in that one. And I'm not surprised because Dallas Austin was produ- producer on it. Yes. Completely agree. I feel like with Sunrise, they wanted to kind of have a real sort of even spread sound of the drums, the bass, the vocals, uh, and not have the synths overpowering it, which, not to say in my opinion they ever do, but um, here I think the synths certainly take centre stage from the off. Uh, and it's very, they're very playful, and it's, it's just a very poppy song, isn't it? And if you think about who Danny Sosson has worked with through his career, he's he is a real pop producer. If I think about the likes of Sugar Babes, um, Nicole Scherzinger, uh, TLC, Texas, Boys Two Men, Janet Jackson, Pink, uh, Deborah Loves Cox. Sorry, Deborah Cox. Oh. <laughs> Deborah Cox. That's quite rude. He also produced a massive "Left Outside Alone" by Anastasia. Oh, that it was a wonderful song. I like how the the synths are very. Like you said, electronic, they're shiny, they're playful. But then you've also got, and he's got the acoustic guitar out for some of it as well. And there's particularly a lovely uh, breakdown in the middle. Yes, and there's a, that, I was going to mention that guitar moment. But, yeah. Uh, it's, you picked me to it, but it's very good. But I think what's great about that is that outside of Duran Duran, Andy Taylor uh, was much, uh, much more of a rocker. He'd kind of produce for people like Rod Stewart and he'd release a lot of his uh, own solo stuff, which had a more of an edge. But here, back in the fold with Duran Duran, he's, uh, he's, he's a pop star once again. Um, so, yeah, a really, really strong second track. Track three. What happens tomorrow? What Happens Tomorrow There, and that was the second single released from the album. And it performed uh, quite well. It got to 11 in the singles charts in the UK. Just, I remember actually hearing on that, I think it was still on a Sunday, the charts. In fact, I know they were still on a Sunday then. And I listened to see how they did, and I bought both CD singles, and a little bit disappointed. It was just so far away from the top 10, but still one of their best chart performances for some time, uh, Sunrise aside. A little bit more of a slow rock to that one. Yes, definitely slower, definitely a bit rockier. And this form, so when the band got together to write the album, and they did, when they got back together, they were very clear that, well, with each other, that this wasn't just for a kind of reunion set of shows. They very much wanted to write a new album together. Um, So they went away to France and and put themselves away in a lovely lavish villa, so I believe. Lavish or laddish? Bit of both. (laughs) Great bands. I think Andy was laddish and Nick was lavish. And that's lovely. And that is lovely. But in the middle of the writing and recording is when 9-11 happened. And it did say that, you know, clearly the world changed forever and it did have an effect on how they wrote and, and what they wanted to put out into the world. So this song, What Happens Tomorrow, and those lyrics about child, don't you worry, uh, come after after that. So these are from the sort of second half of songs. Uh, also, the dance remixes from Reach Up for the Sunrise continued. There was an Eric Prids remix of that single on this release. Yes. 
Which is lovely. He was a very popular artist at the time. Yes. But the B-side is what's really interesting with this one. So a track called Silent Icy River. And initially, that was, that formed part of the song, What Happens Tomorrow. So this is another one they played live on the tour when they got back together. And John Taylor actually debuted it on a, an American radio show, a demo of it. But they decided to remove that. So it, it was the the bridge and, and uh, some lyrics about um, time is a silent ice river. And if we're lucky, maybe the Eddington fairies might just drop a bit of that in now. So long as that one particular fairy's got rid of that hacking cough. <laughs> Bless it. How embarrassing. I'm live on the radio. But uh, I'm sure it has. And uh, let's just have a little listen to that now. Time is a ribbon. there we go lovely guitar in that yes wonderful um but yeah really interesting decision to take it out because i could have understood if they just took it out for the radio version maybe to keep it uh, not quite as lengthy but uh yeah it didn't make the album so on to track four now uh title track time love a title track expectations are high for a title track this is astronaut another moment i commit the pleasure rising when I take the hit And I'm addicted to the stage you're in Cause you're getting me out of it So Astronaut there, title track, as you said, did it live up to those expectations we gave it? It was my favourite track on the album. Really? I love the Dallas Austin production, just gives it that pop polish yeah. on it. And do you know what, and this is an absolute compliment, it could have been a Sugar Babe single. Oh, that might be like saying to Goldfrapp that one of her singles could have been a Rachel Stevens single. <laughs> Uh, but we'll just see. reminds me of just a little bit. I'm sorry. That's just to my opinion. No, I'm not even going to apologise for my opinion. Maybe from their sort of um, hole in the head days. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I can hear. I can hear that actually. Yeah, yeah. I love how this it, it begins with the acoustic guitar and vocals. It just builds. The synths are everywhere. You know, we were talking about an astronaut, and obviously Duran Duran love a space song. They've done. They began with Planet Earth. They've done Ordinary World, uh, and all sorts of other things. So lyrically, I love how playful this is as well as all those space age synths. And I think Simon Le Bon with his lyrics, he can either be really incredibly moving, like things like Ordinary World and uh, Save a Prayer, or he can be very playful. And I think this is clearly his playful moving side. Moving side. Oh, playful, playful side. Playful yes. side, yes. yes. Um, rumours uh, that I read about this being about anal sex, I don't think that's No, not, not, prov- not proven. No, 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 absolutely not. In fact, it does, this sounds very much like we are recording from NASA, just to tie in with that whole astronaut theme, doesn't it? There's a few spaceships flying over today. Yes, we are on a flight path, path here. <laughs> Sylvia's. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I lovely, absolutely love this track. Most recently, it's not been played live for some time, but most recently they played it at their NASA show. Uh, they were very lucky to be asked, well, and 
NASA were very lucky to have them at a show to uh, celebrate 50 years since man walked on the moon. So they brought back a lot of... So is that since man walked on the moon or since your man walked on the moon? (laughs) Ma'am. So they brought back a lot of their songs, uh, Astronaut and Anyone Out There, uh, and of course Planet Earth. Track five now. Uh, Dan, this is something you've got a lot of. Bedroom Toys. Oh my god, what's this? It's a lovely funky number. Um, apparently, they got their inspiration for this song from the Danny Minogue track, Bedroom Viber. <laughs> Wasn't it called Vibon? Oh yeah, what am I talking about? <laughs> well, a more, much more specific version of the song. So let's talk lyrically. Lyrically. About bedroom toys. We just mentioned before that Simon Le Bon can either be very thoughtful and very romantic and very heartfelt or very silly. And this is obviously the form. Heartfelt. Yes, absolutely. Just from the top, I've been around the world, I've seen a lot of things to make your chicken curl. Is there anything that makes your chicken curl? Um, yeah, not uh, not basting it often enough. Well, that probably will do the truth. Do, do you tend to baste it often? As, as frequently as possible. Yes, I thought so. Oil, oil permitting. <laughs> there's obviously uh, there's a lovely part as well about uh, silicon romance. What's your name? Fancy pants. I bring you to your knees. That's that's, that's lovely. That's that's. that's no, no two ways about that though, is there? That's poetry. But musically, musically, as you said at the start, it's very funky. This one, I think Duran Duran, the guys in the band, did the vast majority of the production on this one, and I think you can hear in there. The, the influence from uh, Nile Rodgers, the funk, it's very funk-filled, and the synths in there are just kind of, I feel like they're more embedded in this one, a little bit. Cynthia's still in her bed. Cynthia sounds playing with her bedroom toys. And and by goodness, she's got a lot of them in that <laughs> trunk. <laughs> Peter doesn't tend to... Uh, Visit very often. <laughs> so we've gone a bit too silly now, so should we move on? Yes, I think that's the right thing to do. Uh, to track number six now. Uh, yeah, and this is nice. Um, and this is also what it's called. And that was nice. Nice. That is my joint favourite song on the album. What's it joint with? Uh, I can't tell you because it hasn't happened yet. But I just, the thing I love about that song is I think every member of the band, they're all at their best on that song. I think Simon's wrote, you know, the chorus is so simple. There's nothing better than being with you. And I'm feeling so nice. It's so simple, but it works so well as that chorus, particularly towards the end as he really builds on it. Um, 
the groove is fantastic with John's bass and Roger on the beat. Just Roger, you know, I think is a fantastic drummer. Um, and then the synths in there, and particularly the vocoded vocals are great. Uh, and then uh, Andy's guitar, you know, really lets rip. And live, this was a real favourite when they were when they were playing this one. Well, I can imagine you, it must sound incredible live. Mm. Have you seen Duran Duran live yet? I haven't, no. But uh, I've got my fingers crossed for Glastonbury next year. Well, I think there are many acts we've got our fingers crossed for for Glastonbury next year. So what do you think of Nice? I think it's nice. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a great, it's a solid track. Um, but I'd, I'd love to hear it live. And this was the third single released from the album. However, it wasn't given a physical release. It was digital only and no video as well. So uh, Minimal it, effort on their, on their part. Well, it really was. And it's such a shame. And I would hope, accordingly, it didn't perform very well. I don't think it even charted, sadly. But there were some fantastic remixes of this song, uh, including one by Eric Prids. Or is it Prides? Prids. Prids. Yes. Of Call On Me fame. Um, just before we go further, I just want to touch upon the fact that this is one of several songs that was um, a, a demo version was leaked ahead of the album's release, which the band understandably weren't very happy about and went back to the drawing board a little bit. Uh, and this is one of the songs that had the biggest change. The chorus is the same, but on that previous version, the verses are very, very different. But tracks like Sunrise and What Happens Tomorrow uh, and Taste of Summer were also leaked. And then there were some songs that were leaked and didn't make the final cut of the album, but have remained fan favourites. And hopefully at some point, if they do a special edition version of the album, they will see the light of day. So one in particular called Beautiful Colours, which uh, also was played on the reunion tour. I like the idea that they tracks got leaked and they either thought, right, we're not doing anything with that track now, or they just reworked it so much. But if I think back to 2004, if I'm honest... Used to love a leak back then. Oh yeah, I mean, oh, I hope they were. You know, I'm sure the guys are listening, and I have to say, I do regularly play those demos because I think they are fantastic songs. So yeah, I do. I do hope they come back one day. Uh, now I'm much rather wait. Hmm. I'd much rather wait. Oh yes. For yeah. for for a full release, and especially in this day and age where we are, we are in a much more of a in demand. We are much more of an in-demand society. It is nice to have something to wait for, isn't it? Yes. Track seven now. Uh, and this is what I think when I uh, open a Solero. Taste the summer. Taste of Summer there. Definitely an album track. Interesting you say that because the first thing I put on my notes here is that Nick said that he thinks this is the single that got away from this album. Really? Yeah. I so disagree. Do you? Yeah. Um, I Well, I actually... Yeah, I think it's it's great as an album track. It's great, you know, during the Astronaut Tour, it was great as a live track. And obviously that do-do-do chorus, which sounds nothing like how I just said it. <laughs> but I don't want to say... Yeah, and that's why I didn't want to do it. Um, very catchy, and they did a huge show at a football stadium in Birmingham, 
um, for, as part of the astronaut tour, and this is one of the tracks they played there. Support came from The Bravery and Daniel Beddingfield. So, uh, Daniel Beddingfield. I think very, very of its time, that gig. If you're not the one. Yeah, go on. Got to get through this. James Dean. No, Daniel Beddingfield. <laughs> so, I think with this song, it's the bass that really shines. Shines through is a good choice of words, actually. Um, but John Taylor on the bass there, it really, he slaps it. I'm sure you won't mind me saying that. Disgusting. <laughs> Um, and of course, you know, it's Taste of Summer, and I think the band really like, uh, I'd imagine that Summer is their favourite season, of course, they've done Sunrise at the beginning of this album, they did Violence of Summer way back in 1990, 1991, uh, and then if you think about some of their biggest hits, Rio and Honking on Sunshine, Wolf, and sadly not, <laughs> um, you know, they, they're all very summer anthems, aren't they? So on to track number eight now, and this is Finest Hour. say finest hour i'd probably say finest four minutes yes well it is my second favorite song on the album so i would uh, very much agree with you there i love that running electronic pulse that runs through it there's another thing for your track by track musical sounds book there which is uh, should be unleashed into urban outfitters uh, in the next few weeks just for your christmas stockings that's a nice track isn't it uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's got that, it's it's another kind of rock ballad from the band in the same vein as What Happens Tomorrow and Lyrically. Lyrically. Always oh, a bit late with that one. <laughs> um, I think influenced by the same things and how we're going to make this stand the finest hour that we see. But for me, this just, I think it's got things in common with Kraftwerk, with that electronic, uh, almost that Morse code running through it. I think... Sonically, it's almost got... Sonically! <laughs> uh, it's in the same vein as Pink Floyd, perhaps. Um, but the, the thing that really makes this song for me is uh, Nick and Andy on the synths and the guitar. And, you know, they're both... They were, I think they were the two forces in the band that didn't really gel as well as, as personalities. Uh, and those sounds, actually, kind of really hard-edged electric guitar, electric guitar and... Uh, and synthesizers don't necessarily go together fantastically, but in this song, and uh, you know a lot of Duran Duran songs, but in this song particularly, I think it works so well. And there's a part in the middle eight in the kind of instrumental where it's it's the really distorted synthesizers, and then it leads into the uh, electric guitar solo, and it just merges together so well. It gives me shivers. I love it that much. Um, there's that great bit when it just all lifts. Yeah, just before the final. Flourish. Bout of the chorus. And then they're taking it home. Yeah. And that's lovely. I, I, had this, I haven't seen this one live, and I would love to see this one live. What a song. It's anthemic. We've said that word a few times this episode. This one, for me, more than any other. I think anthemic. you can definitely call a large portion of Duran Duran anthemic. Yeah. Track number nine now. Uh, this is Chains. Chains. 
So that was chains there. Something else that Cynthia has in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, so that, the beginning of that song, some of the kind of synth effects in that one have always made me think somehow, and I don't know why, of almost like a sci-fi western or something like that. The guitar's very, like, almost got a country twang to it. But the, the synths just flutter around. Country twang. It's mm. a great name for... <laughs> what do you think of that one, Will? Uh, I think it's a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork on this album. Now, I say fantastic. Uh, I'm not a fan of this artwork. Oh, dear. Are you? It's in- Well, it's weird because for me it's it's iconic in the sense that you know, this this was the Fab Five back together again, and obviously they've, they've put them on the album cover. They hadn't, Duran Duran hadn't appeared on the album cover uh, for a while. In fact, yeah, I do, I do quite like it actually. I like the, I like the visual effects, I like the typeface. But let's let's hear from you first. You're the expert on this. So on the album, you've got you've got the five lads all together. It's sort of black and white with some hints of uh, kind of, I'd say, sort of dragon fruit type color on there mm. as well. And Duran Duran and Astronaut, I think the typeface looks cheap, but maybe that is because it was 2004. Wow. Well, hmm. it's, yeah, I'm, I'm very biased with this band, aren't I? Probably, well, Extremely biased. Definitely more so than any other. Um, there was a fantastic version of the album which came in, um, in a DVD-sized case, which was actually a, a booklet. And it was the front was split in two, so you, it had the lyrics in there, had images of the bands, but you could almost... There were some pictures of the band members where you could turn the top half and the bottom half separately, um, and it would have the top half of one and the bottom of the other. Oh, like a kiddies yeah, game or, exactly, or yeah. learning tool. They were, hold, they were all holding guitars as a sort of a, an, an homage to a Roxy Music cover. Um, so you could, There was a lot of fun to be had with that. Whether, whether you chose the top or the bottom, you could have a lot of fun. And that's lovely. Uh, track number oh, 10. Oh. I don't think I'll say. But before we move on, I just want to point out there is actually a wonderful live acoustic version of this, so maybe not for you, Will. <laughs> um, just of Simon and Andy performing on an American talk show. I forget which one it is uh, when they were promoting this album. They did this and they did a really nice version of Save a Prayer, so do hunt that down on YouTube. Track number 10 now. This is One of Those Days. Suddenly it all looks so familiar Gone and wrecked it like I always did Don't you know it life is out to kill ya But you still go getting on with it One of those days. Will, have you had one of those days recently? Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. In fact, is every day one of those days for you? Every day is one of those bloody days. Mm. Probably not my favourite track on the album, but it's definitely not my least favourite track on the album. And that is a good thing. <laughs> this actually is one of my favourite songs on the album, and always has been. I really like how just a little bit, something a little bit more alternative and a bit more raucous about this one. Even from how Simon sings at the start, he's almost got a bit of a... Gallagher brother twang to his voice, I think. Well, I had another reading of this song. Yeah. And just to throw a previous track-by-track artist, uh, B-52s at the start. Yeah, especially with the one, one, Mm. two. Um, It could almost be Fred there. Oh, Fred Schneider or Liam Gallagher. 
There's only one way to find out. Five. I used to love that. Oh, yeah. Uh, TV Bap. Yeah. But before the album's released, Simon spoke about what, what the new material sounded like. And he said a comment, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of, it was um, like the missing link between the Mamas and the Poppers and the Kraftwerk. And I think this song for me is what... What a intersection. What exactly, yeah. But the, I think the harmonies on here are fantastic. I love the harmony so much. And then, so that's obviously the Mamas and Poppers vibe. And then Kraftwerk is just very, that early bit that you said is quite B-52s so is mm. also quite robotic almost. Um, but this is another one that I haven't heard live yet. So guys, if you are listening, I would love to hear this album played in full. And do you know what as well? Just while I'm doing a shout out, I would love to have this album on vinyl. And sadly, I didn't get it at the time because no one was buying vinyl then, even though it was released on vinyl. Uh, now it's about £500 or certainly... Uh, a, a high price point. Yeah, so a re-release would be nice. Or if someone listening just wants to send me a copy, or you know knows they've got a spare somewhere. Any record companies out there? Yeah, That'd really be lovely. And we, you know, we work hard on this podcast, so it's we do. We've had some lovely gifts in the past from record companies, so we, we uh, have. Yeah, keep them coming. Thank you. Track eleven now, then the penultimate track on the album. It is literal in literal terms and in title terms at this point in the album, the point of no return. Fade out on that one. You don't often get a fade out, do you? That's the longest track on the album as well, but I like the time they take to it's lovely, quite indulgent towards mm. the end. Uh, longest track to date, I just want to say. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just clocked the next track, actually. Yeah. Uh, if you'll pardon the pun. Is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Took me a while. Uh, was it worth getting to the point of no return for that one, though, Will? It's it's very smooth. Um, Nile Rodgers is a producer. It's, it's it is a kind of smooth disco groove, funky. Again, not one of my favourites on the album, but a lovely. It's definitely not a petering out point. Oh, good. It's not banging on the door trying to get in. No. Yeah, definitely felt like it was more groove led uh, at the beginning. But then I love um, the the guitar solo from Andy Taylor in there. He doesn't get many chances to give a guitar solo and this real, it's a real bluesy moment which you, of, you don't often get that with a Duran Duran song. Um, but yeah, I think this is uh, certainly not, we talked about Duran Duran being anthemic on almost all occasions. This isn't an anthem- anthemic moment. It's easy for me to say, but still a uh, fine piece of craftsmanship. Lyrically, of course, this is talking about some of... Uh, the world at a more sombre time, and I really like that line, maybe things can change only if you want, which is uh, still very relevant to today. And we're on to the last track on the album now. So this is track number 12, um, and something that we are all doing, thankfully. Uh, uh, still Breathing.
What a haunting atmospheric end to the album there. Mm. It's made it's even made me talk quieter. Yeah, it has actually, yeah. So apologies to anyone listening on the tube this morning. <laughs> Crank the volume up. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic I think that generally speaking, Duran Duran end albums just wonderfully. I think you know, we have said it so many times that the structure of an album to us is so important and that beginning, middle and end and here I think particularly with that sort of one, uh, one, one and a half minute outro where it's strings and effects really just bring this collection to a close wonderfully. Uh, I'd actually like to name check uh, Mr. Mark Tinley who worked, who worked with Duran Duran actually for many years, particularly working on the sort of keyboard and synth production with Nick Rhodes. And he played a big part in this song. And I think, you know, when you hear the the sort of sci-fi effects coming in over those strings, uh, I imagine that's uh, that's the part that Nick had a big, sorry, Mark had a big hand in. And I also just want to say that I think similar to The Universe Alone from the, the last song on the Paper Gods album, it's got that very dramatic end to the album. And it's it's the elements that make up the band, but they're almost giving it a more... Uh, dramatic or classical feel with the strings so yeah I think it's a great way to end the album it feels a bit like uh, the Beatles when they got experimental and it also feels like the band just getting into a spaceship and floating off Uh, and maybe that's that whole that's the astronaut theme just tying in there well and what a lovely way to wrap things up in a lovely bow that's that's you telling me to shut up and (laughs) I'll take the hint no not at all but it is a good time to mention uh, the performance of this album. So it was a big, uh, strong performer in the UK. It got to number three in the UK album charts. And if I had to give a average from the reviews, I would probably say it was six and a half out of ten. I um, know you don't want to hear that, but... Um, so, for example, Enemy gave it four out of ten. Uh, Rolling Stone gave it three out of five. The Guardian gave it two out of five. Oh, The Guardian. Um, Billboard gave it three and a half out of five. Better. So six out of ten maybe being a bit generous. Well, well. Mm, the Duran Duran aren't ones for uh, pandering to the critics. But what I will just say is actually this was, for to be a Duran Duran fan, this was such an exciting time. Just the fact that the, the five original members were back together, they were releasing new music, they were getting... Outstanding Achievement Awards from the Brits and from MTV. Um, the, the World Tour, which was their best, the most successful tour ever. They did, I think, six nights at Wembley. So kind of it didn't matter what the critics were saying. And because, you know, the chart, number three in the album charts was amazing. It was just such an exciting time. But for the fans who were there originally, you know, to get them all back together, that was great. For me as a fan born after these this, this lineup had split up, it was just... You know, it, you never thought it would happen to get the original lineup back together, and it were happy memories, happier times. Uh, and we're out of time on the album as a whole. But we've got some further listening now. So, Dan, what are we doing for further listening today? Well, as uh, I'm sure you'll be aware, I would love to come back to talk about Duran Duran uh, many more times. So let's not get ourselves busy with. Let's other... not get ahead of ourselves. Exactly. Let's... Or behind of ourselves. Even more importantly. Um, so let's stick around this time in the band's career. They released lots of singles, lots of remixes, lots of B-sides. Um, so it'd be great to just explore those a little bit more. And for me, this is a, if I could go first. 
I'd love you to, yeah. Uh, it's a great time to talk about uh, a remix of the track Nice. Or even is it Nice? <laughs> I don't know. I just well, thought that. I thought about that. What's the biscuit? Is it a Nice or a Nice? Nice, nice as in the place in France as well. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so this is the Eric Prids remix of Nice or Nice, depending on which way inclined you are. <laughs> So that was the Eric Prince remix of Nice. We both had a different interpretation of how we would like to listen to that. I said a great for exercising with, and you said... Uh, just loves me off my face on pills in the club. <laughs> which, uh, I'm only imagining what, what that's like, because I've never... Hol- Holston pills. Yes. No. Nah. <laughs> yeah. um, what I like about that is Eric Prince was a big dance artist at the time. Yeah. And this is very in keeping with his sound. And you could just imagine being in a club in Ibiza. Yes, absolutely. Pubs and, pubs and clubs of Ibiza, not the north of England. <laughs> Just the idea that, because I I think this was used in Ibiza and Inapa and all those places at the time. And Scunthorpe. And Scunthorpe as well, no doubt. The, certainly the social clubs there. Working men's clubs. The, uh, uh, the, the Bowls Club. The Legion. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that it doesn't sound anything like, if you didn't know, you would not know it was a Duran Duran song, would you? And so there are, often a great remix is a new interpretation of something to make it sound completely different. Sometimes it's to juice up something that's already really good. Yeah. But I like what they I like what he did here. Dan, what have you got? So I've got a little bit of a curveball, but it is still very much a Duran Duran song released um, around this time. And this was actually the last song to feature Andy on guitar so this is a cover of a john lennon song uh, instant karma and it was released as part of a charity album full of john lennon cover versions uh, so this is instant karma So Duran Duran, the Fab Five, take on one of the uh, Fab Four, the Beatles there. Um, what did you think to that? I am not the biggest fan of it in the world, but it's probably the closest I'm going to get to liking a John Lennon song and, yeah. anytime soon. Let's make that very clear. It's because of the Beatles and, the, and John Lennon, right? It's not because of Duran Duran. No, oh, absolutely not. Just I was, as we've said in previous weeks, I was never a huge fan of the Beatles. No. And I know it's not a, a whisper it because it's not a popular opinion to have, <laughs> but there we are. I, ju- I really like their spin on it and this just kind of the, the Duran Duran shine on it. Um, and again, I think that's coming from the synths and from Nick there. Uh, a lot of it, at least. But, yeah, the fact that this was the last song that Andy appeared on and, you know, I, I, Duran Duran are my favourite band, as you know. I cannot wait for the new album. I absolutely loved Paper Gods. Uh, so in their f- current four-piece uh, lineup, I love them. But there's just something so magical about that Fab Five for me. 
We're out of time. So that's been our second uh, Duran Duran album. Um, one of a handful of acts now we've done twice. Yes. Well, small, actually, the I think the Petra Boys and Kylie. Kylie's in there as well, the only yeah. ones we've done twice so far. Uh, in fact, we've done the Petra Boys four times. Yeah. Sorry about that if you're not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> but just don't listen to that episode. No, you can skip past that. That's the beauty. Dip in and out, isn't yes. it? It's the track by track pick and mix approach. Yeah. The toffee's not for everyone, and now there's the fudge. Uh, so, do let us know what you thought of this week's episode at Move to Trash UK, hashtag track by track. Uh, and if you did enjoy it, please, please do give us a little rating and a review on Apple Podcasts because it means the world to us. It really does. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as what's coming up next week? Absolutely. So next week we have a producer, a DJ, uh, a remixer uh, who started out actually... Stuart Price. Sorry, I do that every week. (laughs) Sadly not. Uh, He started out as the bass player in a a bit of an indie band in the late 80s. Um, So, uh, but yeah, he's come a long way. Baby. To say anything more more would be to give it away. Um, So until next time. I've been Andy Taylor. And I've been Gary Rhodes. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh my God, what's this?